Hey, podcast, how's it going? This is your science communicator, your host, Alex Giorfanos. This week, we've got a little clip, a condensed clip, I should say, because uh, this is not short, but it's us hanging out for the SpaceX GPS-3 launch, Space, Space Vehicle 3 launch, that happened this week. We went live on Facebook. We hung out with you guys. We appreciate you. Again, our Facebook page is Today in Space Podcast. You can follow us there, catch those live hangouts when they happen. But we're just doing what we can to stay sane. I hope you are too. We've got the Rocket Project. Make sure to check out our Instagram page, Today in Space Pod, and AG3D Printing for everything there. We're going to be holding a vote before the end of the week to name the rocket. And our first step with that, we're, again, if, you, if you're new to this, we talked about it last episode if you want to learn more about it, but we're 3D printing our own model rockets. And I'm working with my local town to see if we can get some kind of community thing going, see if we can launch in the town. So there's a lot of work behind the scenes that I'm doing to make this thing happen. But uh, I want to get everyone involved. So reach out to us. We're naming the rocket first. And then we're going to be trying to basically see if our 3D printed rocket can match the same performance as a model rocket you can just buy online. So working on that. Follow us at Today in Space Pod and AG3D Printing for more on that. We want to get you guys involved. Uh, just have something to look forward to in 2020, even if it's just a, a simple rocket project for the summer and beyond. So I hope you're well. Enjoy this episode. Next week, we're talking Mars 2020 rover Perseverance. And that got pushed to July 10th, which is like half of the launch window. Uh, since we really only have a small window to effectively launch to Mars. It would require a completely different vehicle otherwise. So we hope that they launch uh, on time. We know there's another few countries that are that are launching to Mars this year as well. It's just the, it's it's time. The planets are aligned. But have a good week. Enjoy this episode. Don't forget to spread love and spread science. Tell your friends about us. Spread the word. We've been growing steadily. And it's all thanks to you guys. So thank you. Have a good week. Enjoy this launch hangout. Everybody, welcome to the show. For joining us live, thank you so much. It's the middle of the afternoon here. Uh, we're getting ready for the SpaceX GPS three space vehicle three mission. So space force stuff, uh, the Air Force's uh, project of the GPS satellite uh, constellation program to allow for global GPS access. It became a utility under George W. Bush. Uh, I was reading up on it. The Space Force has been very good online, on on Twitter especially. That's, that's where I, I typically follow them. They've been pretty good about kind of sharing, like, what are they doing? Why are they doing it? Uh, for instance, like this GPS site, like, if you just looked at it, you're like, what What the hell is GPS 3, Space Vehicle 3? I mean, they're, they're doing a great job. I really like what the Space Force is doing. I also enjoy the hilarity on the internet that is the Space Force and and how people are running it. The show Space Force, I don't know if any of you guys have been watching that. 
I enjoyed it. I've heard mixed reviews from people, especially uh, fans of The Office. Um, I enjoyed it. It started off really stupid, which you kind of expected it to because <laughs> it's, it's, it's a comedy. But uh, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Did anyone else watch that? Was It was good. I, I hope this is second season. It was good enough for me. Um, the launch for today is Aboard a Falcon 9. It's going to be delivering, like we said, the GPS-3 satellite, which is a Lockheed Martin satellite. Uh, Lockheed Martin was the company that was picked by the Air Force back in the day when they started this. Uh, the GPS system, they've, they've had, this is the third series of these satellites they're putting out for um, localized GPS. And, you know, it's really interesting to see how much involvement like the Air Force and, and just the military has in space and why something like the Space Force makes sense. I know it's one of those things that a lot of people are like, why do we even have a Space Force? We're not trying to fight a war in space. But they're setting up this infrastructure in space to allow us to have things like GPS. Now, I can still get lost here. Uh, the GPS still isn't <laughs> great, but the, the things like this, this is this is the reason we have that kind of stuff. So, um, again, Lockheed Martin was the company that was that was hired to make these satellites for the Air Force. The Space Force is now taking over part of what the Air Force was doing in space. We've got launch in about 20 minutes. The weather is still about 60%. We're waiting for that to happen. We'll see what SpaceX does. They've already pushed it from 355 to 410, which I think was the end of their launch window. It was only about 15 minutes that they were 15-minute launch window, so this could very easily get scrubbed. So I've definitely brought along a few things to talk about, to chat about. Hey, Rick, what's going on, man? Thank you for joining. It's It's... We'll see. I mean, first of all, the world is crazy, so this is kind of our, our moment to kind of get away from all that and see what's what's going on, see a rocket launch, and uh, just hang out with you guys. Anything interesting going on, let me know. Hit me up in the chat. Let me know what you're doing. I am doing things to keep myself sane, as I'm sure most of us are trying to do. So a lot of things we're doing. You know, we're, we're 3D printing a lot. Obviously, we've if you've seen our Instagram page, AG3D Printing, we've been making a bunch of things like these PS4 stands, had people who are gaming in the summer. They don't want their PS4s to overheat, so they asked for three. They asked for stands for their PS4. We made stands for their PS4. We did the horizontal ones first. This with these little clips here. Uh, clip right into the side of the PS4. Keep it up a little bit so you get a little airflow going underneath the PS4. And then someone wanted a vertical stand, and that's what we did. We built the vertical stand. So these are out there. We've got people putting them on their PlayStations in their homes. Thank you for hitting up our Etsy store, um, supporting us how you can. Uh, that is ag3dprinting.etsy.com. That is our shop. We have our high-quality 3D-printed goods. Um, and we're open to, you know, we, we make stuff all the time from complete scratch. So if there's something you're looking for and you think uh, other people would like to, let us know and we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. That's what we do with AG3D. So um, one of the other things, you know, we've talked about this before, the uh, face masks that we were working on. Um, we've tried a, different, a bunch of different things. We've got our combo of hard plastic and, and flexible plastic. Um, we've had some test runs. We're still, we're still working out the kinks there. But that's what we like doing. I like being hands-on to get my mind off of things. Tinkerer, that's just, that's just how I am. 
And we also have our rocket project, which uh, we're working on this summer. Basically, if you guys haven't heard about it already, uh, that's great, Rick. I'm so glad Cindy's got that. Our one of our rocket ship phone stands that we use. Actually, I have my phone on one right now. Um, this is our our new version that I believe Cindy has as well. Uh, it actually has rockets on the bottom. You can put your phone on it. I use mine all the time. Um, I couldn't, uh, like, I, I literally, my phone would just be falling over all the time. It's nice to have that nice simple stand, put your phone on, and just not have to worry about your phone in one position. Especially good when you're talking to people, especially FaceTime or something like that on the phone. But even, like, in this case, I'm using it just so I can look at the chat while we're uh, while we're hanging out here. And that's that's what this thing is. This is a launch hangout. We're waiting. We've got another 17 minutes until the 410 launch. Again, I think it's the end of the launch window. So uh, if the weather holds up, the payload looks good, the rocket's fueled. So we're just waiting to see if they're going to get the go for weather. They were high crosswinds. So obviously further up they go, you don't really want high winds when the rocket's ripping through the atmosphere like that. It's not good for that rocket to survive, so we'll see what happens. Obviously, no one wants to lose their payload. That's millions of dollars down the toilet. But this rocket, if everything goes well, they will attempt to recover the rocket. Let's pull up our little stats here for our live. Oh, look at that. Um, so the launch provider for today, obviously, is SpaceX. They're going to be using their Falcon 9, their first stage rocket. Customer is the Space Force. Again, we talked about it a little bit before. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Everyone else who has already, say hi in the chat. Let me know how you're doing. Um, and let me know if you have any questions. I'm happy to, to share what I can. But uh, the Space Force is the customer here. So they hired SpaceX to deliver the satellite that they hired Lockheed Martin to build. <laughs> The GPS system, it's a tangled web, the space industry. Very tangled. So the Space Force is taking over for the Air Force that was running this program in the first place. Uh, and they're going to slowly start doing more and more of that as they start transitioning uh, with with um, Space Force taking on more role uh, and more of the operations that they can do as they get more people. The payload, as we said again, is the third space vehicle for GPS-3, which is the current iteration of GPS satellites uh, that they're maintaining. They will try and recover that first stage rocket on the autonomous spaceport drone ship, just read the instructions, which is going to be uh, floating. It's they actually, I think they crossed because, oh, here we go. We've got SpaceX is finally ready to start their broadcast. We'll lower this down. Uh, but yeah, so obviously we were going to have the Starlink launch not that long ago. Starlink launch got uh, postponed. They couldn't launch on time. So uh, that meant that the drone ship, of course, I still love you, that was already out in the ocean, came back and ended up passing by this drone ship, just read the instructions, as it was going back out to sea. So there's this whole operation behind the scene, this like sea recovery operation that they do. You know, it's amazing that SpaceX has changed the whole industry and has made it so that recovering rockets is this kind of usual thing. It's almost become routine at this point, which is hilarious to say that a rocket landing and recovering itself to be reused is boring at this point. But um, honestly, I think that's the horse and pony show that people show up for for a lot of these these launches because it's new. It's something different. And that's, that's what SpaceX has been doing great at, not only from a rocket perspective and 
saving people money, because obviously if you can recover that rocket, that means you don't have to buy uh, all the parts to build a completely new one again. You just got to basically uh, patch it up and and uh, fuel it. That's that's more or less your cost, which is, is changing the industry completely. It's changing how people are thinking about going to space. It's one of the reasons why the Space Force is having SpaceX be a launch provider of this. If you look back, you know, the GPS satellites that have been around for uh, oh, oh, years at this point, decades, um, this, they're, they've gone to different providers uh, over, over time. And, and SpaceX is, is slowly taking little bits of the industry and, and different aspects of going into space, delivering payloads into space. Um, and a lot of those companies that are losing those contracts are going to be picking them up uh, or are going to be changing their complete strategy. Uh, you know, we we saw that uh, Tori Bruno is turning the ship of the United Launch Alliance, which is a, a, a huge launch provider for the United States. Um, a lot of history with the United Launch Alliance. They do a lot of things that SpaceX can't do with just Falcon 9. Um, one of the things that they're trying to do is really get to the point where they have a fully American rocket, and that's the Vulcan Centaur that's going to be built here in a little bit. Um, but even they're adjusting. So here now with the broadcast, I'm going to stop talking here for a little bit. We're going to hear what's going on, and let me know if you have any questions in the chat. I'm here to hang out. We're here to watch a launch and have some fun. So here we go. Global Positioning System, or GPS, payload is one that you're probably familiar with. GPS satellites provide a diverse range of positioning and timing services for both civil and military purposes. Now, the United States has been launching GPS satellites for the last 42 years, and today marks the 75th launch. This launch is also particularly... It's just crazy how long this has been going on. ...of Colonel Thomas Falzerano, mm. commander of the 21st Space Wing, Peterson Air Force Base in Colorado. The Space Force has dedicated this mission to his memory, and we will hear directly from General Raymond and others who knew and worked with him just before we enter into the first post phase later on in the broadcast. You know, one of the interesting things, the Space Force has done a really good job of being, in my opinion, of, of being this, you know, next generation. They're not just a military branch. Like, I, I'm learning more from following them on Twitter than I learn from most space companies. So it's, it's really interesting. It's very, very interesting to see the Space Force kind of be this modern branch of the military so quickly. Like, they're brand new and already there. They're very vocal online. They are, they're just, I think they're doing a great job. And General Raymond, I think, is, from what I'm seeing on the outside, I know nothing of the guy other than the fact that he is the uh, Space Force General, that uh, I think he's doing a great job. I've, I've been on a few different things. Uh, the Space Foundation live stream they had a little while ago, uh, he was really good on that. The fact that, you know, he worked with the show Space Force that was on Netflix um, to make that happen, and they're cool with it, and they're laughing it off. Like, I don't know. That, that to me, is just a good uh, good show of somebody's good leadership. He's, he's, he's not, he's not uh, too uptight. That's great. Uh, and he seems like a cool dude, so. The apogee, or the highest point of that orbit, will ultimately end up at about 20,000 kilometers above the Earth's surface, at which point the satellite will then separate and then perform some burn to enter into a circular medium Earth orbit about 20,200 kilometers above the Earth. All right, so we got about, you know, 11 minutes before launch. Again, if you have any questions, let me know in the chat. But, um, yeah, we have been working on our own stuff here, you know. 
to say that 2020 has been a dumpster fire every year, I think, is an understatement. Um, so, um, it, it, one of the things I wanted to do this summer, not only for my own mental health, because, like I said before, I'm a tinkerer, working with my hands clears my mind, it's, it's my own version of meditation, we came up with this idea to do the Rocket Project, which is an idea that came from you guys, listeners of our show. Steve, thank you for that. I think it's a great idea, and we talked about it in our last episode a lot. Oh, just a quick side note. What they're showing here are the recovery ships for the fairings. The fairings being the, if we look up here, this these are the pieces that are encasing the spacecraft as it goes into orbit to go through all that atmosphere, all that air, all that friction that's going to happen. It makes the rocket more aerodynamic, but then they get rid of them when it goes into orbit because you don't need it anymore. And plus, you need to get the spacecraft out into space. So uh, it's just more weight that you're carrying around. So they dump these. And just like everything, every part of the rocket uh, over the years uh, that we've been doing since the rocket has been used, it's just been dumping this rocket every time we use it, which is super expensive. And so what SpaceX is slowly doing is recovering each part of the rocket. They've obviously done the first stage, which is a huge part of recovery and cutting the cost of going into space. But fairing recovery has never been done before. And those are very expensive pieces. A lot of the time they're carbon fiber. Uh, and to make something that big in a mold with carbon fiber, it's a big cost on top of what you have to pay to go into orbit. So if they can recover these things, then they they will everyone will reap the benefits of that. The people that are going to space, like in this case the Space Force, um, the, you know, they're they're gonna make make use of flying on a reusable rocket they're gonna they're gonna save the money and if they can recover these fairings everyone saves even more let me see here we got a question in the chat uh is there a change in oh if there is a change in regime in november do you see space force continuing on that's a really good question rick um and it's it's definitely not unheard of that with a change in the white house comes a change in the space industry in fact the space industry has been has been plagued by that for many many years. You know, we've talked about it before on the podcast. You know, with the end of the space shuttle uh, came the start of the Constellation program, which you probably never heard of, which was our return to the moon. But it was cost it cost so much money just to get a robot back to the moon that they basically said, "Nope, cut it. It's too expensive. Let's not do this." Uh, during the Obama administration years, they tried the asteroid recovery program, which, again, got cut. Probably haven't heard of it. And then he also was very instrumental with the administrator at the time, Charles Bolden, who was a space shuttle astronaut. They put together the commercial resupply mission, which, or, I'm sorry, the commercial crew, which is what happened recently with that Demo 2 launch with astronauts Bob Bankin and Doug Hurley. That happened because the Obama administration put into place this crew, uh, commercial crew program. Luckily, we didn't flip-flop and completely change the space program. We kept continuing it with this administration. But given this administration, uh, it's possible that there could just be, let's get, if it does change in the White House and people want to change everything that was being done before, yeah, it's possible. But I think the Space Force has already started it would be, I think it would be very expensive to stop the Space Force. I, 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 and this mission is very important for the Space Force to kind of claim their, I guess, 
their ground in are they are they worthy they're you know they're taking over air force operations with this launch this is their first version of this because the air force again we've talked about it before but if you're just joining us the air force was doing these gps satellites what is it 40 something years that they've been doing this now the space force is taking this over it becomes a lot harder for i guess the next administration to say hey we we don't we don't want this get rid of it so it could happen it could totally happen. It's not impossible, but it's a great question. Thank you, Rick. If you have any other questions, please let me know. Going back to the broadcast here. Let's see where we're at. Oh, okay, so Lockheed Martin's going to tell us about the satellites. We use GPS every day. Today, everyone has GPS technology in their pocket. $300 billion a year. 25 years of space-based position, navigation, and timing supporting the entire world. GPS touches the lives of everyday people all the time. It's changed the way we work. It's Ooh, changed fish the way eye. we play with over 4 billion users worldwide. of GPS satellites with our GPS-3 follow-on contract, and we're inserting greater technology for greater capability. So again, if you guys are just joining us or just new to this, SpaceX is launching for the Space Force, which is launching satellites that Lockheed Martin built for the Air Force. Again, a lot of parties involved, more than you'd ever think. But, you know, this kind of GPS satellite, you know, I think a lot of people think, like, what is the space industry? Like, what is it doing for us? This is one of the few examples where this launch is actively going to affect our daily lives. So um, we've got about four minutes and 15 seconds to launch. You know, again, we were going to go live earlier this week for the Starlink launch, which didn't happen. We'll, we'll try and see if, if the timing works out for us to go live for another one of those and hang out there. But it's it's interesting because, like, Starlink is is not using anything that's completely new as far as a an idea, like a constellation. This GPS satellite, these GPS-3 spacecraft, like, these are part of a constellation that will you know, have a certain orbit so that they can provide GPS to not only the civil sector like you and I, but also the military side of things. Those constellations are not very big. And I, I, you know, I'm, I'm more asking and posing the question, like, what is the main difference here with a satellite like this versus the satellites that are going up for Starlink, which would provide global internet, especially to the places in the world that don't get it or, or don't have the ability to get it. Obviously, the major difference with Starlink there is that there, I mean, originally it was 40,000 satellites they were going to be launching. And I know uh, there's a lot of people who have reached out to me, even, and there's a lot of people talking about it online, where they're seeing these trains of SpaceX satellites. I, you know, it's it's a touchy subject, obviously, because the, you know, Earth-based astronomy, people looking at the stars from the ground, once those 40,000 satellites get up there, it's definitely going to have an impact on astronomy and, and when it's possible for us to, to take pictures from the Earth. But at the same time, these satellites have been around for a long time. There are other companies behind SpaceX that have been working on it a lot longer than SpaceX has to put up these large global internet satellites. 
It's just that SpaceX not only can build the Starlink satellite, they can also build the rocket to bring it up there. So obviously they can move a lot faster. So it's interesting. I'm, I'm definitely, if you guys know anything or have any good info on the good or the bad of the effects of Starlink on astronomy, please let me know. I, we could definitely do an episode on it. Uh, one of the things we're, we're working on right now, we've got another launch coming up here later this month. Actually, this summer, is, is there's a lot of launches to Mars uh, and a lot of different countries. Um, I think the United Arab Emirates are launching their first mission to Mars. I believe India is also. And then the U.S., uh, NASA, is launching their 2020 Mars rover, Perseverance. So uh, we're going to have an orbital news segment for you guys so we can talk more about what's on board, the science behind it, all the different you know, stuff that's led up to this point, and kind of what to look forward to. So you kind of have a companion podcast for when that launch actually happens, You'll have a lot of good info so that you're, you you little, know a little bit more about it and you can get a little more excited about it. So uh, working on that, uh, we should have that out. I think it's next week, but that's it, folks. Um, we got a minute to launch. Let's let's tune in. Looks like launches go. FTS configured for flight. Launch director is announced. We're inside of a minute. We are in startup on the flight computers. Here we, we go. Beginning to pressurize stage one and stage two for launch. Mission director is go for launch. Go, people. We're go. We've heard the final call-outs. All right. Mission director, launch director. So again, like we talked about, we've got a launch coming up. We've got a first-stage recovery. And they will, like they've been trying for a while here, they will try and launch and land and recover safely the fairings with those basically giant catcher mitts on boats, <laughs> which uh, one of them is called Miss Tree. Uh, but all, all these things you can definitely look up. 15, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9... Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Here we go. We've got launch. Go Falcon, go GPS. All right. Falcon 9 pulling up off the pad. GPS 3, Space Vehicle 3 on board for the Space Force. Here we go. All right, so first major standpoint here. We've gotten off the launch pad. That's great. We've got to make it through max Q, which is the max aerodynamic pressure, the max amount of forces that the rocket is going to experience as it's going out of the atmosphere because that rocket needs to be aerodynamic to rip through the atmosphere. All those particles of air that it's going through, max Q is where all those forces are the worst, the vibrations of the rocket and the force that's behind these things. Um, max Q is one of those big standpoints of are we okay? It's still not over till not only is the rocket landed safely, but also the original reason we're doing this mission, right? The, the satellite going into orbit. That needs to happen. That's where, that's a successful mission. Now, Max-Q is coming up here. Again, we talked about it. The fairing recovery is a big aspect of today's mission. Landing on an autonomous drone port, uh, spaceport drone ship. Just read the instructions in the middle of the Atlantic. We're waiting for that. But we are... Almost at max Q. Here we are. Guidance engineer calls out max Q, the period of maximum dynamic pressure, or Q, on the vehicle. From this point forward, and I know, obviously, now with COVID and all this stuff that's going on, it's it's tough to make a trip down to Florida or to California or, or wherever, even, even um, you know, over in Virginia. We've got uh, the middle of the East Coast. We've got some launches going on. Um, if you can see a rocket launch, please go go take the time. Take... 
take a moment just to experience the the insanity of the engineering and the marvel of an actual rocket launch. There's so much of a feeling uh, of an actual being there aspect of a rocket launch. Um, as exciting as it is to sit here and hang out and, and do a launch, being there for a launch is so much more exciting and and and, and it's a it's an experience. So if you haven't, it's definitely worth it. If once things get back to normal uh, or whatever normal is, that's uh, definitely something you should put on your list. We talked about it. Our NASA social, uh, we went down in December of 2019, right before all this stuff happened, to the CRS-19 mission for SpaceX, resupplying the International Space Station. That was my first one, and I, I cannot wait to go to another. Literally going to be planning my year around at least one launch just to just to get a fix, my fix of that. Uh, okay, main engine cutoff. First stage is released from the second stage. The second stage engine, which has just ignited the Merlin vacuum Merlin engines that are built specifically to ignite in the vacuum of space. Uh, that's just released. That's going to deliver the GPS three space vehicle to its proper orbit, and then release the satellite there. Slowly turn around and descend back to the drone ship for landing in the Atlantic Ocean. The second stage engine beginning the long burn to get it into the parking orbit. Acquisition of signal, Maryland. All right. Fairing so we talked about the fairings before. So here is the fairing deploy here. You can actually see here. This is the view from inside. The fairings separate. Now we've got our spacecraft open. We're out of the atmosphere. We don't need the fairings anymore. Dump those things. Now, remember, those have never been recovered. There is there has not been a successful full recovery of this, even for SpaceX. I think they've only gotten one out of the two, but getting both has not happened. Uh, and it's a pretty crazy dance that they do to get these things back. Uh, on board the fairings, they have their own parachutes, and they're going to basically come back down to Earth, and then the ships are trying to match up with these fairings as they come in. So there's wind involved, there's currents from the sea. How how fast can these drone ships uh, reposition themselves to pick up these fairings? There is a lot involved in catching this, and it's just something they haven't figured out yet. But they've made the investment. They've got two ships, for one for each fairing that they're going to try and recover. That's amazing how much... <laughs> How much it is a, a fleet of of naval craft as much as it is, uh, you know, launching something into space. Um, there's 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 so much involved in this. So they're gonna they're gonna try and attempt that. Hopefully, we'll get some kind of footage. They did show the two vehicles uh, at sea uh, earlier in the broadcast. I'm gonna pull up the broadcast audio just so we can see here what's going on. About five minutes into launch, re-enters into uh, Earth's Earth's atmosphere. Um, beautiful views of the planet beneath both the first stage that and the second is. stage. The second stage is continuing into its burn. Uh, we're expecting this burn both to last continue to follow nominal five minutes and 15 seconds. Um, and entry burn will actually begin on the first stage in just about a minute from now. Um, the en- During the entry burn, will ignite... So entry burn, the vehicle is coming back, the first stage vehicle that we released earlier, you can see on the left there, uh, that's going to do its own entry burn. Basically, get it so that uh, the get it so that the spacecraft can slow down a little bit, get uh, reduce its speed so that it doesn't hit the atmosphere with tremendous force and hit all those air particles as it's coming in. 
Um, you know, I think the the visual that anyone who's seen the space shuttle, you know, as that space shuttle capsule, anything re-entering the atmosphere, you see that red glow uh, that happens as it hits the atmosphere coming back in. They need to do this burn to make sure that the rocket doesn't blow up on the way back down. And those little white bursts that you see come out of the left on the on the first stage of the uh, Falcon 9, those are thrusters to reposition. Up here comes our entry burn, and you know once you're in space, it's all about momentum. So you need to have those tiny thrusters on there to reorient to to get yourself into the right position. Obviously, in this case, to slow to put the thrust of the engine for the reentry burn in the right position, so that you can actually achieve <laughs> the slowdown that you're looking for. And you can see, like, even after the burn, you know, nothing's perfect. You're always in this kind of just getting it. You're always on the line of what is the, the minimum window, like the narrow band of success for this rocket to come back in. And you're in, and having the ability and the, what they've done with this rocket, just seeing it develop over the years has been so wild. Um, the engineers that have been behind this, that have made this possible, kudos to all of you. You've done literally the impossible. And the cool thing is that they, this could have happened and none of us would have seen any of this stuff. That's one of the beauty, beautiful things that SpaceX has done is they've completely reshaped how you do a broadcast for, uh, for, for going into space. It's, it's crazy. And so we see the view on the left here of the autonomous spaceport drone ship. Just read the instructions. It's going to be landing pretty soon here according to the chart on the bottom. And we're also going to have second engine cut off at the same time. All right. We're getting close. First stage coming in hot. Coming in hot. 